Welcome, friends. It's time for the Halo Games Chalk Talk. We are going into the team episode, and today's episode is brought to you by our friends at Haven Bags. They got duffel bags and backpacks that are made for gym goers just like you. These are extremely dope bags. Highly, highly recommend checking them out. Today in the studio, I have Jerry Bear, Steve Owen, Ben Gentleman. What's up? What's on? Back. How's it going, everybody? We're back, and we're going to dive into our Chalk Talk, this time for our team groups at the Halo Games. We have some juicy stuff to talk about and some kick-ass workouts to get into. Again, if you're competing, must listen to this. Or if you just want to get really good at working out, this is also a great episode for you. Let's get into event one. Yeah. Event number one, sink or swim. We got 30, 20, 10 partner deadlifts and synchro switch burpees. This is uh, this is going to be quite the opening. I mean, it uh, this, this workout... Is it's an unbroken uh, type type situation. So I just get it in your head right now that it's going to be thirty unbroken deadlifts, and then get through the set of burpees fast. Twenty unbroken deadlifts, another set of burpees, and then ten unbroken deadlifts, another set of burpees. Um, and uh, you know, you just have to get it in your head. You got to go unbroken. I mean, the, the deadlift is in the context of partners is light. It's it's it comes out to we'll call it a two hundred pound deadlift. Um. And, uh, in it's, you're going to be able to do this thing unbroken. It, it just is. Yeah. I like this one. Cause there's, there's no place to hide for either of the teammates. You have to, you know, you have to pick up the barbell together and on the burpees, you're pacing off of each other. The synchro switch burpees for people who don't know or haven't seen the videos is you're each going to, one person's going to be on either side of the barbell, you'll burpee, and then you'll jump over and switch places or switch sides of the barbell. And then for, you know, standards on this one, in case anybody's wondering, you do not have to hit the ground at the same time. We're looking for you to step over the barbell at the same time. So a strategy could be there, you know, there's a lead pace horse that's, that's, you know, pulling the other person along, hitting the ground first and waiting for the other person to hit the ground and just dragging them up and over. But you got to get over that barbell together at the same time. Yep. Yep. And, um, you know, I think that this is one that from a partner perspective, you should, you should practice this event, um, start to finish. Um, there's certain events that I say don't practice, uh, but in, in partner, in partner competitions, you know, practice is very helpful because of synergy and communication. So, uh, the things that you want to practice are necessarily like trying to improve your capacity on deadlifts and burpees at this point. And instead you gain competitive advantage in partner workouts by, by, by being more synergistic with each other. So, you know, if you have a tall, short dynamic, you need to, you need to practice that because the lever, the lever arm picking up the weight is just slightly different. So micro adjustments on where to hold the barbell and stuff like that, those things are, are, are helpful. Um, and, uh, and then the other thing too, is you got to practice, you know, a fast, but clear top position on these things. You know, you don't want to have one partner leaning way back behind the bar while the other person's finishing with their shoulder over the bar. I mean, you, you practice this stuff in advance. It's important. Um, and in, you know, the, the burpee is uh, the only thing that needs to be synchro is the, to Jared's point, the timing of when you, which you jump over your barbell. So you can have lead, like you can have lead horse, um, type stuff going on. There are those dynamics where one person's pushing the other, but what's gonna give you the competitive advantage. If you're looking to, you know, do really well in this thing and try to podium is the the timing and the synergy that you have with your partner. So practice the synchro aspect of the the deadlifts. Um uh, or I'm sorry, pra- practice the partner deadlift and then some there's some synergy with the burpee, but I, I think that 
you know, you, you really got to, you know, understand, you know, where you, where you're at with your partner. So that way you're not, you don't want to be on the wrong, on the, on a different page in the competition, in the event. It just leads to frustration. You'll start barking at each other. You get frustrated with each other, blah, blah, blah. And you're not going to be able to hear shit because the music is going to be going, you know, crazy. The crowd's going to be going crazy and the lights are going to be blasting right in your face. Right. <laughs> and so, you know, practice this stuff so that that way, when you get in there, you, you, you can just do your job and then get off of the floor. You know, before we, phenomenal advice, I think just on the, the difference between being an individual competitor versus a team competitor yeah. is the key pieces there of some pre-practice and the synergy and the awareness around yet different body structures, types, levers, pulling, pushing, all that kind of stuff. So that's a great call out. Yeah. Are there any other, um, before we go through the rest of the, the team events, any other thoughts that you have around team versus individual, kind of some of those tips or tricks for teams to really pull ahead? Well, the team competition by default is, is generally a lot more, um, it's a lot more sprint rest, sprint rest, generally speaking, um, their strategy that, that I love coaching teams because there's a lot more strategy involved. Like you can really, really, you know, like you can, Goliath can beat David in these things and it's becomes super fun for me anyway. Um, but you know, the, the nature of the competition is that team competitions often support in, in play to the strengths of creatine, uh, you know, strong, um, you know, athletes, right? So big, heavy lifters in your gym, like the, <laughs> they just do it. And, um, and so, you know, I think that you, you need to embrace that in this competition, you're going to go all out and then you're going to rest. You're not going to do things slow. <laughs> I mean, in its competitions, everybody's like, oh, well, that's obvious. It's like, no, there's actually, it's different individual stuff. Like there's, there's, a, there's aerobic recovery that you need to factor in and where you're going to be able to recover in these longer tests and stuff like that. In team competition, it's, it is, it's short interval, go perform, get it done and get off the floor. One of the things that uh, we talked about on a, the individual episode for the Halo games was also the importance of knowing how to win, like knowing the scoring and probably makes sense real quickly just to shoot that out here for teams in case they didn't listen to that part of the individual. Because uh, another key part is understanding how scoring happens and how you get points yeah. in the team competitions as well. Exactly. So that's a, a, a really great point, right? So um, so if you don't understand how to, how to win the competition, you're not going to win the competition. And everybody thinks, oh, if I just do good in this event, then I'm going to win the competition. And so they go out there haphazardly and they're just attacking events. And then they come off the floor and they're all pissed off. But the reality is, is that they don't understand what is good performance for them in that event and what is bad performance. So like an athlete, it's a stud that comes off floor is like, I finished third. I'm so, that was awesome. I'm, I crushed that. It's like, no, you finished third in an event that you probably should have won and you should have committed to winning that event. And here's why I say that in, if you want a podium, if you want to do really well in these things, you the way that the scoring system works is first place gets a hundred points in an event. Second place gets 95, third place gets 90, fourth place gets 85, fifth place gets 80 points. And then it goes down by two points from there. So, so, so sixth place is getting 78 points. Seventh place is getting 76 points. So the consequences of finishing six, when you could have finished seventh, or I'm sorry, seventh, when you could have finished six is not, it's inconsequential. It's two points. The consequences of finishing third, when you could have finished first is 15 points. 
that is a huge consequence. And if you are finishing in the top three of an event, you have the stuff to probably win that event. So I think that people go into these things like, oh, no, I'm going to do, if I, if, I, if I finish sixth in every event, then I'm going to wind up magically at the top of the leaderboard. Well, that's, that's one way to look at it, but it actually doesn't work out that way. The people that win these things over and I have, and I have scrutinized these leaderboards for almost a decade now because I've coached and competed in the sport for so long is that the ones that get to the top of the leaderboard, they finish like first, eighth, 13th, first, 19th, first. So they have clear weaknesses and they don't, I don't think they get hung up on trying to attack where they're going to suck. Instead, they look on the, they, they look at where they're going to do well and they go, we have got to win that or that. And so, you know, when we were, when we got a team to the games in 2017, we were the 18th seed overall going into regionals. We weren't even really supposed to be there. And in my view, we dominated that competition. We got to regionals and we dominated it. And, and we went in not with, with, with a game plan and a strategy that was this event, we need to finish, we need to finish fifth because I know that we can get there. If we finish six, we're screwed because we're not going to be able to make up those three points later on downstream, we must finish fifth. And then when you go into it with this clear intention into these individual or into these uh, certain events, you are, you, 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 you have a pathway to success. If you're going into it haphazard, you're either, you're, you're, you're either an amazing athlete that's just going to dominate the competition and finish first and everything, or you're, you're, you're an athlete that, that could probably get on the podium you just don't know how to, you just don't know that pathway. So you're going into things where you, where you, where you could have gotten eight more points and podiumed, you didn't get it because you didn't understand, you know, the, the, you know, the consequences of, of, of where you were finishing in that specific event. You didn't understand your strengths and your, your kind of areas where you're not as strong, right? right. So it's like, I'm going all in on what I'm great at. And I'm going to win this or get really, really high. The stuff I'm not so great at, I'm going to let that slide. I'm going to put the work in, but not go crazy. Yeah. And what I loved about our run at regionals that year was I feel like we were the most like cerebral team. We weren't the fittest team oh. there by, by a long shot. And you could see that in our open, our open performance coming in 18th, people had crushed us during the open. That's fine. But we got our foot in the door. But what we did is we practiced the seven movements we were going to see day in and day out and got really good at those movements. We had a very clear strategy and we all stuck to that strategy. So it's very important in a team competition that you practice these things, you come up with a game plan with your partner. And that also takes so much of the anxiety out of it because now you know exactly, just, I'm just going to execute on this. and Maybe I can sneak in one or two reps or maybe my rest period's five to 10 seconds shorter if I'm really feeling good on the floor, but I'm going to stick to this game plan. Because then, you know, if you're one of those anxious competitors, it's probably because you're showing up with no game plan. You're like, I'm just going to see how this goes. And you have no idea, you know? And so you end up doing random sets of, you know, I'm going to open with 14 and then you're going to be shot down for three reps and then seven more and then whatever. You're all over the place and way too many rest periods. So come with a game plan because that mental aspect can get you so much further uh, in that competition than you might think. Yep. You must understand what execution looks like in each one of these events and then go out and execute. And, and to Jared's point, it, it will remove the, the, the competition anxiety. Well, the competition anxiety is always going to be there, but it, it removes the confusion from the performance, an athlete that is confused and panicking is, is a bad situation. <laughs> they're, they're not going to do very well. Um, and so, so athletes that are 
very clear and very focused and understand exactly what they need to do, they, they can, they can instantly, you know, blind out or put their blinders on and not focus on all of the external factors that might be stressing them out or making them feel panicked. And they can just do the job. We, we had it so dialed that, you know, one of the first events on the first day was, I think I had to do 24 handstand, strict handstand pushups, which I, I was not good at. And I knew the exact timing of it. I knew I was getting off the runner. I was coming out, I was doing four, four strict handstand pushups at this time mark. I was waiting and then I was going every 20 seconds. Then I was going to do three, another set of three, one last set of three at that 20 second mark. And I was two reps every 20 seconds until I completed it down to the second. That's how good it was. Yep. That's what it takes. I love it. Yeah. That's some really good insight. I mean, that was yeah. incredible. Yeah. yeah. So speaking of execution, let's get into event number two. Ben, why don't you take us through it? Yeah. Event number two, lots of opportunity for strategy here. We're looking at run it back, two parts to it. Uh, and they're going to be happening simultaneously. So it's an eight minute event. Uh, part number one, that part one there is max calorie assault run. Part two is a four at max back squat. So one partner will be on that runner for four minutes. Uh, the other partner will be hitting those four at max back squats for four minutes, and then they'll switch places. So scoring will be the total number of calories completed, and then the uh, max weight lifted combined of the best four reps there between them. Yeah. All right, let's break this down. All right, you your your strongest athlete on the squat goes they they squat first. There that that is a no brainer, right? They. They want, you want them squatting while their legs are fresh and, um, and, and they need to perform. I think that you've got, um, you know, you've got four minutes, you know, a set of four is, is extremely taxing. And so, yeah, I think that you should plan on probably, um, you know, at most three sets, but I would focus more on two sets. I, I would really... I'd come out about 90% of what you think you can get for four, what you got in practice. And then I would come out and I'd try to go to a hundred to 102, 103% of, of what you recently got in practice for a four rep. And, um, and then know that, you know, your, your strongest athlete is also going in a four minute run intervals is going to be the most powerful athlete on that treadmill. It doesn't matter like, oh no, I draw my cardio sucks, but I'm just super strong. It's like, no, get that shit out of your head. Because in a four minute effort on a, on an assault runner, the one with the strongest back squat, they can hang on for four minutes. They can charge and they can push for four minutes and, and they can rev that thing up, you know, the, like uh, somebody that isn't as strong cannot. And so we're talking about calories. We're talking about power output on that thing. So, you know, the, the, this is the, the opportunity for the person that's got the strongest legs to shine. Um, and then that person just going to have to run really freaking hard and you can do it. You can do it for four minutes, folks, you, you suck it up. And then on the switch, so, uh, on the switch, the, the, the person that is, you know, running the first one, you, you know, you, that person needs to run really hard too. Um, of course, but that person is, is not going to be able to squat very much after a four minute effort at like, you know, at, we'll call it a, an 80% type of run. So, um, that's why I say the first one's got it. Like the big squatters got to go first. If you have an equal squat, then, you know, flip a coin, probably go with whoever's got the, you know, the, the stronger run, start them on the runner. Um, and, um, it, but you know, the first, the first four minutes are, are, you know, are where you really should shine here. Um, 
so set people up for success. If you have, if you have just two really good athletes that are equals, like both of you squat, you know, 400 pounds or whatever, and you're both good runners and you're good athletes, that probably doesn't matter. Um, maybe run it in practice and see what drives the best outcome. You can practice this one. You should practice this one because it's not going to leave you sore for seven days, like individual event one or something like that. You know, it's, you can practice it. I love it. Yeah. It's, it's interesting that you're recommending practice here so much in these team competitions versus when we were going through chalk talk on individuals there it wasn't that same level of emphasis on the practice isn't there there's more like specific movements you might want to practice specific transitions but here it's practice sounds like one of the keys to success for teams yeah certain events are practicable and uh in in it's it's important that you do because it will help you set, set yourself up um for success or at least understand what execution looks like in the event um other events don't lend themselves well to practice <laughs> Certain times you, you just need to tell tell the person, we want you to swing for the fences on the floor. We want you to feel it for the first time on the floor. Um, you don't want the, an event to fuck them up in the head leading up to competition because they had a bad practice session with it. Certain ones, though, you, you can and should practice. That's a practicable one. I love it. All right, Jerry, take us through event number three. Event number three is no, you go first. This one is a three-round workout. So round one will be partner one. They'll complete 60 double-unders, 30 med ball slushies, and 30 alternating dumbbell push press. They'll trade places with partner two, and partner two will go through one round of that same thing, 60, 30, and 30. And then they've got one more round that they'll chip through together that's bigger. It'll be 100 double-unders, 50 med ball slushies, and 50 alternating dumbbell push press. Um, This one, I like this format. Uh, because it gives each individual the chance to either shine or fall apart. And then together they can pick up the pieces on that last round. Let's yep. break it down. This is cool. Um, so we talked about this on the individual show, but the, the slushies are going to get the, all the attention because it's the slushie. Um, in, in what a slushie is, it's a reverse lunge into a wall ball shot. So it's, it's a single legged wall ball shot is really what it comes down to. It's a, it's a, it's a, it's a more stable way of doing basically a pistol wall ball shot. Um, and so that, that's what they are. So that's going to be the one that everybody's focused on, but really it's the alternating dumbbell push press that is going to be sort of the, the, the one that's going to really make you feel it. This is different than the individual competition In the individual competition, you're going through two rounds. So you're probably going to break about the 20 mark on the alternating dumbbell push press with a partner. It's not that it, it is. Do your double unders, knock out your slushies. They're slow, but you got to do them unbroken. Um, and and then on your alternating dumbbell push press, it is go to failure. It, that it's the only th- thing that you it's, it's you have to do it. And uh, the goal is is to obviously do the set unbroken. But if you end up at twenty two and drop them for a couple seconds before you knock out your final eight, that's that's just fine. You know you have to. Uh, you you have to go for it because you have a big giant rest interval once your once your next partner is done. Okay, this one this is going to set us up, of course, for our final event. Now, our final event is secrets. Yes, until the day of. So, if you were day thinking of. you were gonna we were gonna pull the curtain back and reveal the final event, we are not. It is secret. So, this is taking you through into the afternoon, and then we'll have our final event. I think it's probably a good time take people through what they can expect from the schedule for the day because there is a little bit of strategy when it comes to how you're going to plan the day what time you want to be there what you want to do in between 
that type of thing. So why don't we walk everybody through what the schedule looks like for team day on Sunday? Before we do that, I got to talk about that second, that, that second half of that last event. Okay. Let's, just, let's go back. Let's go back. I want to skip anything. Yeah. I apologize everybody. No. I left, I left an important piece out. <laughs> Look, the one, the one round together, um, is, you know, after both partners have completed the, the first segment, the one round together is, is it's go until an athlete fails or misses. All of this stuff about I'm going to do 50 double unders and I'm going to give it to you. You'll do 50 double unders, then I'll do 25. You'll do 25. I'll do. Throw all that shit out the window. At that point of that event, it is you do double unders until you miss and your partner is on standby, ready to do double unders. The key here is that you're always collecting repetitions. So, you know, doesn't matter who's doing the double unders. You just need somebody doing them at all times. And then on the med ball slushies who, you know, get there and go. The person that just got done doing the alternating dumbbell push press, whoever goes in round two, their shoulders are not going to be recovered. So really partner one, you're going to do most of the, most of the work in that second piece and it's okay. And, um, so, so don't divide the work evenly on that second piece. Partner one is going to do most of the work there because partner two has to recover. And the other thing that's important is your fittest athlete, the one maybe to do this, uh, to practice this, do it in practice. Each of you do a round head to head, whoever your strongest athlete is in this event, whoever finishes this event first, that's the athlete that's going first. So, so in like no egos or any of that stuff is just like, oh no, you're fitter than me. We need you to be doing more work in this event. And, and that's just really what it comes out to. So run around head to head and practice. And then that will tell you who goes first and who goes second. I love it. Again, another one to practice, get a key insight into who wants to be the lead athlete on this one. That'll be one of your key strategies going into this team event. Yeah. Now, now we can talk about advanced schedules. Talk about that, everybody. <laughs> that was important. Very important. No, thank you for, <laughs> thanks for, thanks for illustrating that point. All right. Let's go through the day and talk a little bit about what we want to do. Yeah. The day for this one, we've got teams checking in from 7 to 7.55. And again, on this one, please try to show up early and on time. That way we can get a queue of people in line. That way we know, you know, we get everybody in and hopefully we can get everybody checked in, you know, by 7.45, a little bit early if we're lucky. Um, team briefing will go 8 to 8.45. We'll talk about all the the finer points of the workout and we'll leave 15 minutes for the first event, uh, uh, first heat of the first event to get warmed up. Should be plenty of time to get warmed up and go in there. Event one will happen at 9 a.m. that first heat. First heat of event two will be 1035 and then event number three will be 12 o'clock. So the team events are coming at you about every 90 minutes or so. Um, so not a ton of time after your event to cool down and, you know, go get a full lunch and all that stuff. Eat that small light stuff, the the really dense sugary stuff. Eat your gummy bears, your pop tarts and stuff. Get that in immediately after and then maybe knock out a handful again, 10, 15 minutes right before you start warming up. Uh, final event will happen at two o'clock and then podium ceremony will happen at two fifty-five. And similar to how we did the, uh, we'll be doing the individual final is we're going to go male, female, head to head, um, top five scale teams, uh, will make it and top five RX teams will make it to that final. Good. We got a good one. The, the final team one, I think is my, is my favorite, one of our favorite events. It's just, it's, it's called microwave minute. I'll give you that microwave <laughs> minute. <laughs> And uh, you're just going to be out there just either shining or suffering. And there's no, there's nowhere to hide. There's nowhere to hide. It's so good. It's awesome. 
I've done that workout. It was not, it was not, it was not pretty for me. <laughs> I was, I, I, I definitely didn't have any place to hide. I've been, I've been carried by JR three times. So I feel you, Steve. We have something extra special for you, my friends. Well, guys, this is incredible. Thank you for breaking each one of our events down, going through the day, giving you some strategies and tips. Again, put this thing on repeat, go back for teams, kind of key takeaway, get through some practice events determine who's going to do what, make sure you kind of get that synchronization and the communication in check before you are ready to go for the competition. And we cannot wait to see you there. Gentlemen, thank you for sharing and we will catch you on the next episode. So excited. Thanks everybody.